0: I've always grown up thinking that my first major would be the U.S. Open and to have it happen in this fashion was special. And Bryson DeChambeau is a U.S. Open champion. Welcome along to our U.S. Open podcast on Major Talk with me, James Gregg. And
1: me, Sophie Walker.
0: Well, last time out, we predicted good weeks for Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick and Sophie. You actually remarked that even at short odds, Justin Thomas was too good to overlook. And what a pick that turned out to be at the US PGA Championship. Nice work, Sophie.
1: No, oh, thank you. But can I do it again? Can I go back to back?
0: <laughs> well, we'll try. This time we are, of course, previewing the Men's US Open at Brookline for Pinnacle Betting. All the odds, as ever, at Pinnacle.com. Get yourselves on there. Have a scout and a little snoop about and settle in as we once again try to really come to terms with the runners and riders. Oh, so, and of course, just a reminder that those live golf players will be allowed to play next week at the US Open. That's despite bans from the PGA Tour. Do not get those two mixed up. We're going to cover everything here on Major Talk. So let's get into it. Okay, look, it's been played five times, the US Open, at this venue, Country Club Brookline. So, uh, you know, usually, Sophie, the trendy thing to do would be to have a look at the most recent winners, players who perform well there. The last US Open to be held, though, there was 1988. Curtis Strange beating Nick Faldo in a playoff. So I don't think we're really going to learn too much from looking at the field from all those years ago Um, so we'll kind of steer clear of that however it's worth just pointing out actually um, you know it's all going to be on form this podcast it's all going to be on numbers, games, bit of analytics which you're really good at but Matt Fitzpatrick won the 2013 US Amateur at Brookline. Current world number one, Scottish Shefflers, Xander Schauffele, Bryson DeChambeau, Corey Connors, they were all in the field that week. So maybe, just maybe, it was nine years ago and I suspect that the course, the country club at Brookline, will be set up slightly differently to how it was for that US Amateur nine years ago. Anyway, Sophie, let's uh, just get cracking, shall we? Who immediately springs to mind? This is the kind of the first one that I want to pick your brains on. When when I say US Open next week, who's going to win? Who's kind of one of those first names that pops out of the absolute golf jungle that is your head?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've actually looked at players that have done well at USGA events. Now, you've just said about the PGA Tour, they do not run this major. It is the United States Golf Association. So I think you can actually look back at how people have done at US Opens and how people have done in the amateur game, and junior and adult amateur, because the course set up at USGA, it's their own. I was watching the Women's US Open, and one of the commentators said that. They said, Minji Lee, she's, she's used to playing USGA courses. And I thought, what a great thing to bring to the men's event. So if you are in doubt on who to pick, go and have a look at their amateur record and just see if they have done done well at those events and and when you look at players that have obviously you met Fitzpatrick Justin Thomas is somebody in there Will Zalatoris he's won a junior uh, American title in 2014 so a little bit there of you know you have to amateur golf oh yeah they're not playing for money but I want you to look at that but my first off the bat has to be Justin Thomas. Okay. It, it just, you know, back-to-back majors is a difficult one to do. We get that. It's not happened really since just um, since Jordan Spieth. But he's had a win and then he's had a top 10. Now, the average age of a US Open champion over the last decade has been 28 years old. He's 29. But what is significant about Justin Thomas for me is he's very good at every aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. Now, most of the guys towards the top of the betting, there's one area that they're not great at, and that is putting. Somebody like John Rahm, not the greatest putter this season. Last year when he won the US Open, he was in around 50 to 60 on the rankings in putting. They're miles out now, like Mm -hmm. outside the top 100. So US Opens, you need to hit the ball very long, it's a bomber's paradise normally. Straight is a bonus, but it's it's the all-round game that I'm looking for. So off the tee, hit it a long way, but can you make a few putts? And Justin Thomas does that, and he's got Bones Mackay on the bag, the most successful caddy at that event. He cadded for Phil Mickelson when he won all of his majors. And we can't deny the fact the divide that is going on right now in golf. Justin Thomas will pride himself in winning this event for his PGA Tour membership. Mm. And I think we'll see that a bit. There'll, be, uh, there'll still be friends, but I think there'll be some in the back of their mind going, I'm going to want to win this. So yeah. I can prove a point and say it's all about trophies. It's not about the money for me.
0: And that's a really interesting take on things. A bit of an us and them kind of mentality, even if they don't actually publicly admit it. Okay. Okay. I get what you're saying there. Just, just for those uh, listening, Justin Thomas is at 16.05. So that puts him second favorite, slightly ahead of Rory McElroy, but a miles behind really, John Rahm, who's at 13.9. He is our favorite with pinnacle.com. So that's interesting. I agree with you on the fact that Justin Thomas's all round game is just brilliant isn't it and he's got that mentality you talked actually prior to the pga championship on our last major talk podcast sophie about the fact that justin thomas is obviously close with tiger woods he's clearly getting a lot of advice not just on his game but also his mentality i mean getting that access to the goat you're gonna soak up a lot aren't you in terms of learning how to win major championships and keeping your composure under the pressure
1: yeah, abs- absolutely. But you want to know my next pick? And you're going to say heart overhead. But I've got justification for this now, James. Go
0: on, go on. Rory McElroy. Oh, come on. That is heart overhead, Sophie. You've just you've just given me a really reasoned argument with Justin Thomas saying he could do all parts of the game well. What's happening with Rory? You know, he, nothing seems to click. What are the stats saying? You must have... Okay,
1: well, yeah. Like, yeah, I've been looking at stats. Things are clicking, okay, for Rory McElroy. He's finished second and eighth in the last two majors. And they haven't been his usual backdoor top 10s. Talking about driving the ball a long way, he drives it 320 yards. But he's 40% in puts from 10 to 15 feet. That's third on tour. That's decent. That Very decent. And his stroke average is seriously low. It's 69.3 shots. I haven't picked him ever for Pinnacle in the, uh, well, I'm probably on my seventh major with Pinnacle right mm. now. I'm picking him this time because things are changing and another guy that likes to prove a point.
0: Okay, okay. Well, that's two good picks. I suppose I best nail my to the mast here a little bit. Scotty Scheffler, I beg your pardon, he's our second favourite. He's actually at 15s. He's above Rory McIlroy and uh, Scotty Scheffler. I'm going for Scotty Scheffler. That's my pick, right? That is my <laughs> yeah. pick. Scotty Scheffler, he'll be eager to get past his... Well, it was just a... It was a miscut cut that didn't really make any sense, wasn't it, at um, Southern Hills in Oklahoma at the PGA Championship. He then got to a playoff the following week at the Charles Schwab. You and I were on commentary for that, losing to Sam Burns. Um, missing the cut after winning the Major, it's got to sting a little bit, hasn't it? And again... So you've got to look at the stats. This guy is, you know, one of the best iron players in the world. He's obviously won four times, including the Masters, including the WGC match play event, a couple of runners-up, including that one we just talked about there at Colonial. He's second in greens in regulation, fifth in scoring average, and sixth in strokes gained total. So actually... For all the bluster that I was saying on our coverage the other week on the PGA Tour, and I was sort of messaging you privately saying, this ain't going to last, this guy, world number one, (laughs) he won't be. He'll be outside of the top 50 in two years and all this kind of stuff. I just think, actually, whilst he's on this little patch of form, why not? Why on earth not? I mean, look, it's also worth just pointing out, we are recording this before even the second round is played at the Canadian Open. So we don't know how he's going to fare over the weekend there, what kind of form he's really in. But that was, um, that was very good to get himself into contention, actually. He just fell foul of sort of bumpy greens, a bit of pressure, the course playing difficult, and Sam Burns only came from behind because he started a bit earlier on that Sunday at Colonial. So I think, actually, Sheffler looks good. I know he's short odds. I know he's the second favourite of 15s on pinnacle. But it's hard to overlook him, isn't it? He's the world number one and he's top of the FedEx rankings. So that's my first pick, <laughs> Scotty Scheffler. You're
1: right. But I just want to back this up, everybody. When James does dismiss Scotty Scheffler, I always have a little giggle to myself because if you look <laughs> at last year, last year, Scotty Scheffler finished 18th at the Masters. Mm, okay. Then he was 8th at the PGA, 7th at the US Open and 8th at the Open. This is not a flash-in-the-pan guy.
0: Yeah, you're right. You are right, and because he snuck under the radar, didn't make that U.S. Ryder Cup team. wasn't sort of part of that. He did. Well, he did. Sorry, he was the last man in. It's <laughs> difficult to rem- it's difficult to remember, though, is it? Because he crept in. He was the twelfth man in, and then we're talking six months later. He's the world number one. Absolutely astonishing. So it's it's that kind of you know sneaking under the radar. But those numbers there, you know, top tens, you know, galore last season, and particularly in the majors. That's that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. Who are you going for next, though?
1: Well, I just, I just want to kind of look at Xander uh, Schauffele. I'm looking at the odds. it's quite high up on the odds compared to his rankings, etc. and the fact he's not won a major. And that's because his record in the US Open is exceptional. But looking at the last handful of uh, US Open champions, five out of the six hadn't won a major before. Okay, so it's not all about getting the experience there, which we keep talking about. That leads me to Patrick Cantlay.
0: You love Patrick Cantlay. You love love Patrick Cantlay. I
1: love Patrick Cantlay. And the demeanor of him on the golf course suits the US Open down to the ground because he is like an ice man. Some would say boring to watch, but I quite like boring. Boring wins a lot of money and trophies, James. So anyway, at 19 years old, he qualified for the US Open, a stellar amateur career. His best finish was last year, 15th. So it's all right. He's got a little bit of form round there. Um, but as I say, it doesn't matter that he's not won a major. This is the one that you win first. He's in the top 20 drivers of the golf ball on tour, and he's had three... Top uh, top threes in a row, actually, at PGA Tour. He's, he's played really well. He did miss the cut in that last major, but apparently, according to you, that's insignificant because <laughs> so did Scotty Scheffler. Right. He's ranked third in the world, and if we have a look at the betting for Pinnacle, there's at least 10 guys in front of him. So that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it?
0: No, it doesn't really. He actually doesn't. Um, he uh, look. I, I'm not a massive fan of watching Patrick Cantlay, but you do have to admire the way he goes about it. And even even this season, not being his season, really has it. You know, he but, keeps
1: losing it in a playoff, doesn't he?
0: Correct. Yeah, he does. And actually, just the fact that he's getting himself into those sort of levels of contention. It was obviously Cantlay who Scheffler beat at the Phoenix Open before Scheffler went on this ridiculous run. Had Cantlay turned up in that playoff, who knows? Who knows? Sheffler might be nowhere. I, I, I suspect they probably still would be. But um, no, that's a, that's a very, very good shout. He's at 24s on pinnacle is Patrick Cantlay. Like Sophie says, I just I just can't believe that he's that far down. So that's a good shout. It's also worth pointing out, Sophie, isn't it, before we go through a few more picks, that the US Open is kind of condition dependent a touch. We did see that at the US PGA, didn't we, at Southern Hills, where there was a good side and a bad side of the draw. It was only Fitzpatrick and Thomas from the bad side of the draw over the first two days that actually ended up really featuring over the weekend. So that can be a factor. So if you, if it's the weather's looking dicey, we're not sure we're six days out from the first tee shot being hit. But that's just worth factoring in, isn't it?
1: Yeah, sorry, James. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's a little bit like the, the Open in Britain as well. <laughs> But we, 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 you've got to try and control the controllables and uh, that's what we say as golfers on the course. And, and that's what you've got to look at this week. If you can jump on the weather app and have a look to see what the weather is going to be like in Massachusetts, then do that. And I think the draw will be out on Tuesday. So it might be worth leaving your bets until that Tuesday night, Wednesday morning.
0: Yeah, good shout. That's a good shout. We are recording this, like we say, on the Friday of the Canadian Open, so six days out, so things might change. Hey, things have been changing quite quickly in the world of golf over the last few weeks, haven't they? Goodness gracious. Right, Sophie Walker, I'm going to ask you um, who my next pick is. You know who my next pick is. <laughs> who is my next
1: pick? It's your friend and everybody's friend from the north of England, <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick.
0: I think it is. You know why the guy uh, was very good? Uh, he got himself into the final um, group of the USPGA championship at Southern Hills in Oklahoma. I cannot believe looking on pinnacle.com that he's at 42.450. He's had more top tens in the last two seasons than anybody else without a victory. He's had 16 top tens in two years, for goodness sake. The only one who's anywhere near to that is Will Zalatoris, who's had 15. Anyone else is you know under ten without actually getting over the line and getting a victory. He did win the U.S. Amateur round this place, and know he's looking forward to it. He's in a tie for second as we record this at the Canadian Open just the week before on the PGA Tour. So I can't believe that he's at forty-two point five zero. It's astonishing. He's um, you know game looks good. He's in it much longer. He's tidy around the greens, and actually I think that maybe. Playing in the final group of a major championship, being so tantalisingly close to getting over the line, is only gonna help him. Um in the you know, in the long run, going in the major championships and why not start at a place where effectively you've already won a major well it used to be a major, the US amateur. So that's um that's that's my next pick, Matt Fitzpatrick at forty twos on pinnacle.
1: Oh yeah, it's good, and it, is, it isn't a heart overhead. Everybody, it's it's very wise. I've been doing some research, and other people have picked him also.
0: <laughs> it's not just his mate from Sheffield, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I have seen a few people picking Sunjay him as well. So if you if you want somebody that, um, you know, I can't see it. he's obviously not a fans' favourite over in America, but he is in his homeland, and uh, he's quite a character, Sunjay. So he's. He'll be good. He'll go after every single flag. Mm. Um, are we going to talk outsiders or are we going to carry No, on
0: I with? think I think let's definitely do some outsiders. Um, Sung Jae in by the way just to mark your card is at 66.01 on Pinnacle. So that's uh, that's pretty good odds. That's pretty good odds because he's he's a regular contender, a regular name featuring on PGA Tour leaderboards, Sung Jae, isn't he? So I think um I think yeah, that's a that's not about that's not worth a shout, particularly at those odds. I thought he'd be shorter. If you'd have asked me what his odds would have been, or I think I it's it cos he's
1: not fashionable. Yeah. And, and and that's can be quite a nice thing to look at on the betting, the the fashionable players. Obviously, the people, if you bet more on players, then they they rise up that betting, don't they? Yeah, 100%. Um,
0: you know, 22 in the world, top 10 last week at the Memorial, top 25 is all over the place this season, and only a couple of missed cuts on the PGA Tour, and obviously won the Shriners at the back end of last season. So he is, yeah, good shout, good shout, Sophie. So anyway. uh yeah. you
1: want to know my outsider for this time? Because obviously... Last last time at the PGA, <laughs> Stewart, Stewie Sink, as James calls him. I got a text from James saying that his uncle, who's 86 years old, had listened to the podcast and he thought Stewie Sink was quite a good bet. Well, at one point he was fifth. So I, I hope you all cashed out. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that was always good. I love it when something like that um, happened. This week, my outsider isn't as lengthy, I have to say. Um, It's the Chilean, but it's... It's well, I like the Chileans, don't I? James? You do, you're a big PGA fan of the Chileans. Together, and at the beginning of the season, I said to James, this lad, this lad, and Mito Pereira, now everybody knows him. He was one shot, one swing away, wasn't he, from winning that PGA championship, that disaster of a 70 second hole, which cost him. And we all wondered, how's he going to bounce back? Bounce back very well indeed. He's had a 7th, a 13th. He is teeing up this week in Canada, so we'll have to wait to see how he gets on. But once again, delving into the stats, he hits 70% of his greens in regulation, which puts him at the top of those rankings with a handful of others. Another stat to look at, I think, in US Opens is par four performances. Because it's a par 70 there are a couple less par fives. He is exceptional. them. he actually ranks under par for par fours and he's seventh on the PGA tour rankings experience. Like you said, with Matt Fitzpatrick, um, hopefully he's thinking, do you know what? I had 71 amazing holes at the PGA Championship, Mm, I can do this. And we've seen, like I've just said previously, he hasn't let it get to him. He's got back on the horse and he's done really well. So Mito Pereira, I don't know if you want to find his odds for me on Pinnacle, but I bet they're not
0: too short. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find, no, I I can't find him at the moment, but look, you know, it is what it is. In fact, I'll keep looking for that. I'm actually going to, um, I will find that. Why can't I find Mito Pereira on these lists? Anyway. I couldn't.
1: That's why I asked you. Well, so there we go. You, you, go for the, um, you go for your outsider and then I might try and find
0: him. Yeah, do that. Okay, right. My outsider then is a very long. I was thinking, I was thinking, go go big. Sophie obviously went for Stuart Sink last time, which was great. Great fun as well, like particularly in the early stages when he was up there. I thought, what a pick that is. Maybe Sophie had some kind of intel. Well, my one this time is it's uh, obviously like any outsider, anybody who's over 300 on Pinnacle time of recording which this guy is 323 you can get him at is Francesco Molinari trending tied 26th last week at Memorial I know that's nothing really to write home about a poor weekend though he shot a round of six over on Sunday not reflective of how he played at all Um, well worth an each way bet in my opinion loves the majors he had a sneaky top 20 at the low scoring Bryce uh, uh, Bryce Byron Nelson. There we go. We'll get there. Byron Nelson Championship. It's not really like those odds justify his capabilities either. He is a former major champion, of course. We've seen him right at the very pinnacle of the game inside the top 10 on the world rankings previously. If the putter goes okay, he is more than capable of contending Francesco Molinari. He's not played much golf over the last couple of years. He's getting back into it. When he's on, he's on. I think that this golf course suits him. He loves it when the score is a little bit closer to par. We've seen that at US Open uh, championships before when he's featured, a couple of top tens in his career. And also at the Open championship where obviously he came out on top down the stretch against Tiger Woods, you may remember. So I think think just the fact he's 323 on pinnacle Francesco Molinari that's my rank outsider
1: well let's hope that he performs and makes the weekend and makes things interesting uh, I would say that is a, a big outsider James
0: it is, he's a big outsider but you know
1: but he's got pedigree, he has and got a pedigree. as I say this US Open it, it's not always goes down to to current form um and being an open it, it is very much that he gets the right side of the draw and um st- they always talk about you've got to hit fairways don't you gotta it's not been like that the last few us opens if you've seen the people that have won gary woodland bryson de john rom that's why i'm edging away from a molinari because i think suddenly it's gone back into being a bomber's course. Because if you do have thick rough, but you can hit it 320 yards into the thick rough and the guy behind you can only hit it 290 yards and it's in the thick rough, then where would you rather be?
0: That's a good point. It's a good time. It's, all right, oh, it's all right, it's
1: worth a go. It's, it's over three hundred to one.
0: Just just jumped out at me as a rank outsider. I've got one more name I think that I want to give you. I've got a few more, but I'm I'm going to just give you one more, Sophie. But yeah, you go for it first. Okay. Um,
1: my next my next one, just in general, is you, you've got to keep going on Wills Alatoris. You can't leave him now. <laughs> He's doing the good stuff. Uh, you just can't. His fifth strokes gained off the tee. He's first in approach play. He's had five top tens in his last six majors. Where he did withdraw at the at the Open Championship, he was close, wasn't he? I mean, he was. lost in a playoff, so close, and, and didn't do anything wrong. He didn't lose yeah. it. He
0: didn't lose it. We no, can Thomas keep talking
1: about his putting. We can keep talking all day long about his putting. He's managing it, you know. And actually, he putted very well for the first two rounds at uh, the PGA and got himself in contention. Normally, when you win a major, you need to put well for like four days. Will Zalatoris does not. His tee to green is just head and shoulders above other people. When you watch him, the amount of times he hits it close and has a birdie putt, people go, oh, he's, he's missing loads. But I tell you what, he's, he's got more birdie puts than everybody else. So if he does miss a couple more, then it's fine because he's creating the opportunities. Mm-hmm. U.S. Junior Champion 2014. Mm-hmm. You've, we've got, I think you've, just like I did with Justin Thomas, how I kept saying, he'll win, he'll win, and we finally got it. I'm still thinking the same with Will Zalatoris.
0: Well, here's to seeing. I mean, there's no arguing with the fact that he is just up there, isn't he? And he's one of the best ball strikers. If you take all the numbers out of it, he's brilliant to watch as well. He's brilliant to watch, isn't he, Will Zellertorius. I'll give you a final name and then you can either choose to give me another name or not, Sophie, before we wrap up. Um, at 108 on Pinnacle, a former US Open champion, has shown glimpses this season, worked hard on his putting, and I think his game will suit this golf course because he's a you know won this tournament very recently. Gary Woodland. And I know that you're going to go, no, 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 no. Game nowhere, not really posted anything, not holding anything. When you watch him, it's painful when he's got a putter in his hand, much in the same way of John Rahm, but actually almost like a worse version of John Rahm this season on the PGA Tour. Gary Woodland. That's my name. And I just think that he's going to go away, work hard on his putting. He obviously likes the USGA setups. He's done well prior to lifting that US Open trophy. Not so long ago now, 2019 it was, when Gary Woodland lifted that. So actually, Gary Woodland at 108... Well worth a little punt. I suppose he is a bit of an outsider, rank outsider, not as rank as Francesco Molinari is in the outsider stakes. But my final pick there is Gary Woodland. So I've nailed that to the mast. And uh, yeah, you can all shout at me next time we come round to record a podcast prior to the Open Championship. But there's my list of names, (laughs) Sophie. Have you got any more to throw into the mix? If not, we will wrap it up and let everybody crack on with the betting at Pinnacle.com.
1: I'm ready to wrap up, but I just want to say... Americans do well at the US Open in recent years.
0: hmm Okay. So that
1: is my final thought.
0: No, there you go. It's a good final thought because it's also true. It's also very true. So there we have it. And, uh, of course, Bryson DeChambeau as well, previous winner in the field this week. But what kind of form is he going to be in? He's shown absolutely nothing having had that wrist injury. And is he about to jump ship from the PGA Tour 2? Who knows? We could be having a very different conversation next time round, Sophie. We couldn't we? Ahead of the Open Championship. But... That is a long way to go yet. We are all eyes, all focusing on the US Open. Thanks so much to Sophie Walker for being with us here on Major Talk with Pinnacle. Remember, articles, you're going to have an article up, Sophie, aren't you?
1: I sure am. I'm writing it as we speak.
0: Oh, as we speak? You multitasker. I love it. (laughs) Stuff aplenty um, on Pinnacle.com leading up to the US Open. Starts at Brookline on Thursday the 16th of June. At Pinnacle on Twitter for more. Remember to share and tell all your mates about this podcast. Why don't you give Sophie a follow too on Twitter? Loves Loves the golf. Loves the golf. At Soph Walks, isn't it?
1: It is indeed, James.
0: Ah, so Forks, there you go. That's all for us. We'll speak next time round. And remember to gamble responsibly and all odds were correct at time of reporting.